It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Today's guest, Gary Zukoff, says that every experience you have offers the opportunity to align your personality with your soul. The decisions that you make and the actions that you take are the means by which you evolve. Gary joins us today to talk about how we can transform everyday experiences into fulfillment, meaning, and joy. Gary has inspired millions to realize their soul's greatest potential. He's the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Seed of the Soul, and co-founder of The Seed of the Soul Institute with Linda Francis. Welcome, Gary. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Joan. What a wonderful introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm honored to be here. Gary, you're the seed of the soul. It was such a groundbreaking book, and it changed the lives of millions of people. From the time you wrote that book until now, what changes have you seen in the world and in people? Oh, everywhere, Joan, everywhere. That book is about an epic change, an unprecedented change in human consciousness from the limitations of the five senses into a new consciousness that is not confined to the five senses. And it is happening fast, Mm -hmm. with startling velocity. Within a few generations, the old consciousness took 300,000 years to evolve. And this one is taking three generations, human generations. And everything is changing as the new consciousness emerges. And it's emerging in hundreds of millions of people. And we begin to sense that we're more than bodies and minds that there's a part of us that is more, and that more is what we're calling the soul, a Western term, but it means that part of you that is immortal, that part of you that existed before you were born and that will exist after you die. And there's a new understanding of power that comes with this consciousness, and that is the alignment of your personality with your soul, with harmony, cooperation, sharing, and reverence for life. And the old understanding of power which is manipulation and control, is now toxic. It used to be our evolutionary good medicine. Now it's poison. It produces only violence and destruction. And this is where we are now. We are midway through, or not even midway through, an unprecedented transformation. And everyone is in it. And everyone is looking at their lives, uh, either the same and wanting them, everyone else to be the same and go back to the way they were, or understanding or feeling that there's something new and different and huge happening. You said that it's happening quickly. For me, it feels like the last maybe three to five years, things have really sped up. Are you seeing that as well? Oh, yes. And it's going to, and what it is, is the emergence of our new consciousness and a growing awareness of the disconnected, jolting difference between the new consciousness and the old The new consciousness doesn't get jolted or disconnected, but the old consciousness is entirely different. When you're hurting, say, 
emotionally hurting. The old consciousness reaches out to the world. It, it looks outside itself to try to change the world so that it'll feel better about, him, about itself. If, if, if a business collapses, it creates a new business. If a child dies, it, it conceives another one. But the new consciousness, multi-sensory humans, when they're feeling emotional pain, they put their attention inside themselves to see the dynamics inside themselves that are creating this pain and what they can do about that. In other words, they're no longer trying to change the world. That's the pursuit of external power. They are changing themselves. And that change is permanent, and they can make it a very good change. And that's authentic power, creating authentic power. And where do you think this is going to take us, Gary? Love. Our evolutionary movement is now moving toward love. That's another way of saying authentic power. But I don't usually put it that way because it, it's, it's, it's a new age mantra, choose love. Yes, I agree with all my heart, but how do you do it when you hate someone? How do you do it when you feel like you want to kill yourself? How do you do it when you want to kill someone else? How do you do it when you're sad, when you're resentful, when you're competitive, when you're jealous? How? How do you create authentic power? That's what our books are about. That's what we teach. And our new evolution requires it. This is our evolutionary path now, creating authentic power, not changing the world. You know, I, and I don't know if it's just because I'm more aware now, I'm, I'm paying attention, waking up, however you want to describe it, but it does feel like there is this battle going on between one subset of people that are emerging and awakening and another that are holding on to what you've described. What will happen with these, this battle, these two sets of people? I suggest we not look at it as a battle. We are not, we who have the new consciousness, that know we're more than bodies and minds, that know the world is meaningful, that know the universe. Somehow we know the universe is not dead, empty, inert, that we know the universe somehow is wise and alive and compassionate. This is not a battle. The new consciousness doesn't battle the outside world or other people. And having the new consciousness does not make anyone superior. It's just a temporary ebb and flow in evolution. Within a few generations, all humans will be multi-sensory. The question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? If you have a battle going on inside you, that's where to look at it, not outside you. If you're judging others, if you're wishing they weren't alive, if you're wishing you didn't have to struggle with them, this is in you, and it's for you to change you because no one else can. If you're trying to change someone else while they're trying to change you, that's a power struggle from the perception of five sensory humans. So what is it in you that sees this circumstance as a battle? You can also look at it as standing in the midst of two worlds, one that's emerging and one that's dying. And you have one foot in one world and one foot in the other. And you have to choose between these two consciousnesses. And these two consciousnesses are love and fear. And in every choice that comes up for you, no matter how small it may appear or how huge it may appear, it's the same choice, love or fear. What are you going to choose? And what does that mean in terms of what you will say or not say, do or not do? What is your intention, love or fear? When you experience, when you participate in a cause, you experience the effects. And the cause is always an intention. And the intention is always love or fear. And you can choose love and create much more constructive, positive consequences for yourself. And no one 
the universe is not going to reward you. You're not going to go to heaven because you do that. You're not going to be admired because you do that, not from the point of view of the universe. You're simply going to change what you've chosen to create. And if you decide not to change, you're not going to be punished. You're simply not going to change. Mm -hmm. And you'll have more experiences like the ones that you're creating. The choice is yours. No judgment. It's just what do you choose? That's always the choice. Gary, what led you to understand what you've been teaching? What happened in your life that brought you to this awareness? Oh, it, it was incremental, Joan. I, it, it, at first, my, my first conscious understanding that there's more than I ever thought there was came when I was writing a book on quantum physics called The Dancing Wuling Masters. And uh, that in itself is a story, but the story is that I came to be excited about this thing called quantum physics. I'd never liked science. I never wrote a book, and I wanted to write a book about this to give what I was learning to non-scientists like myself, to fine arts majors. I got a Bachelor of Arts, not a Bachelor of Science. And as I was doing that, with the help of quite a few physicists at the Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory, uh, 10 or 12 of them, I started to outline chapters in this book I got excited about writing. And then I started to write. But whenever I'd start to write, I threw the chapter, I, I threw the outline away because it was dull and boring to me. And I went where I was excited to write. And I did that. And after six months, all the chapters were fitting together. And I knew that I didn't do that. So I was pondering, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And that's when I, I, I realized, I experienced non-physical reality. What I experienced was that I'm not alone. It's impossible to be alone. And it didn't feel mystical or esoteric or New Age wasn't a part of me. And it felt real. It felt full. It felt rich. It felt there and everywhere. So that was the beginning of the beginning. But where is a beginning, really? When we get, begin to see ourselves as more than minds and bodies, we begin to see that our history extends farther backwards than the date of our birth, and it even extends farther forward, although that's something that we cannot conceive, but we begin to experience. So that was my first experience, and I have had so many, and they continue to happen, John. They continue to happen. We're never finished. We're always evolving. You had mentioned before about having the choice between love or fear. And when you lose someone that you care about and you find yourself in deep grief, that is really um, a difficult decision to make because you're in so much pain. And then you were talking about being more than the mind and the body. How can that understanding that we are more than the physical body, how can that help us to choose love over the fear and the pain of the loss. Oh, oh, Joan, this is now we're at the heart of the matter. Um, my beloved, my spiritual partner, my life partner, Linda Ann Francis, uh, her soul went home to non-physical reality August the 6th, the year before last. And the pain I felt was huge. And I know everything that I'm telling you. That didn't go away, but the pain was there. It was enormous enormous and we can talk about that story sometime but the part that's relevant here is that for an entire year 
almost immediately, Linda was with me. We spoke. She talked. At first I thought it was, I was delusional because I was in so much pain. But then I realized I'm not. I can't make up these things that Linda's telling me. So for a full year, I was talking to Linda and grieving. The loss of her is crazy, but it happened. My emotions simply, I discovered a lot that I knew before, but now I discovered them. Love doesn't hurt. Need hurts. My love for Linda, that the pain I was in, had nothing to do with my love for Linda. Frightened parts of my personality wanted the world to be different, demanded that the world be different than it, than it was, demanded that Linda be in it, that we cuddle, that we hold hands, that we walk together, that we co-create together, and she wasn't in the world. But I was speaking to her and missing her. That went on, and I'm saying this, sharing this, because just knowing something, as well as I know what I'm sharing with you, which is with all my heart, with all my life, does not change the existence of frightened parts of my personality or yours when you do this process with you. Only you can do that. And so along the way, I've had advice from our teachers, advice like, uh, allow your countless memories of Linda to guide you gently toward or lovingly toward gratitude. And that helped me. I did that. I set that intention because I had countless memories. We lived together for 27, 30 years. Everything had to do with Linda, and every memory before that was a doorway into pain. And now I've set the intention to use every memory as a doorway into gratitude. This is one of the countless things that happened to me, but I am appreciating your question. Even though we know these things, even though you know your soul, even though you know that the one that you loved didn't leave, they, they, they're in a I won't even say place, they're in a different state than the one you're in. Call it a realm, but they're there. They're, Linda's incarnation is gone. I loved it completely. I loved everything about it, but it's gone. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And it's not coming back. But Linda's energy, her love, her voice are real. And I talk, I'm talking to it and missing her during that year. So be gentle with yourself. That's where this is going. Be gentle with yourself. Don't think that because you know something is going to change your emotions. You have loving and frightened parts. And your job, your mission in the earth school, this place of time, space, matter, duality, and fear, is to distinguish within yourself the difference between love and fear and cultivate love. Choose love no matter what is happening inside of you, whether it's depression, hopelessness, wanting to kill yourself, resentment, or what is happening outside of you, like Lahaina burning, like another 9-11 type event. No matter what's happening inside of you or outside of you, learn to choose love. That's the creation of authentic power. That's what the seed of the soul is about. That's what everything that Linda and I teach and share is about. And we didn't create this, by the way, we were given it. These ideas, these remarkably resonant and powerful ideas are not mine. And they're not Linda's. They come to both of us from the universe. And that's what I love to share. And that's what I'm sharing now. Gary, it's the start of a new year. And this is the time when people evaluate their lives and 
they make resolutions for moving forward. What would you like to say to our listeners to help them enter the new year with a renewed sense of purpose? Don't do what you've done in the past and think that you can set a resolution and forget about it, which is what most people do. It's meaningless. So you can involve yourself in that. What is meaningful is the intention to change yourself, not as a resolution, as an intention, as the conscious use of your volition. How will you use the conscious use of your volition? When I was addicted to sex, it was to exploiting women. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to exploit people? Do you want them to admire you? Do you want to make money? Do you want a bigger house? Do you want None of that is, I've discovered, of genuine value in a lasting way. The only thing that's of value is to get to know yourself, see yourself, experience yourself fully, never repress or deny or suppress an emotion, but to experience the frightened parts as well as the loving, but to experience the frightened parts and their thoughts. And in that moment, choose to act from a loving part. That's the creation of authentic power. That's the moment. And as you do that again and again, that frightened part begins to lose its control over you. You're not trying to embrace it, surrender to it, love it, change it. You're intending to move beyond its control. And when you do, you become more and more able to give the gifts that you were born to give. You can't do that while you're in a frightened part of your personality. That requires love. And as you do begin to give the gifts that you were born to give, that's where your meaning and your joy and purpose and vitality and creativity emerge and they become your life. That's the creation of authentic power. Emotions are at the heart of it. Volition, your will, your free will is at the heart of it. And you've got to use both, not just make a resolution and say, well, that's it for this year. And Gary, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Seatsofthesoul.com the name of the book, and it's seat, like what you sit on, S-C-A-T, of the S-O-U-L. And when you're there, you can go to the menu and click under resources, and you'll see Celebration of Linda Francis, and that's where you'll see some of the things that I've been talking about, some of the experiences I've had that I share because I hope they can be helpful to you. Gary, thank you so much for joining us. We haven't even touched the surface of all the things that I would like to discuss with you. So we are definitely going to have you come back. I'm looking forward to it, Joan. I enjoy our talk. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.